Hi, and welcome back to Reflect Forward. I'm your host, Carrie Siggins, and I'm so glad you are here today. It is hard to believe that it is the end of the year. What a year 2022 has been. And I'm really excited for what 2023 is going to bring. But before we head into the new year, it's really important to take some time to reflect. And that's the name of my podcast, Reflect Forward. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, one, why I chose the name, two, why I think it's so important to reflect uh, on your actions, your responses, your reactions, and what you want the new year to be like and give you some tips on how to do that. So just for all of you new listeners, uh, Reflect Forward um, has a lot of meaning to me. When I was deciding to do this podcast, I knew that I wanted the name of it to be something that was introspective, um, that would say, I'm willing to look at my past and understand the mistakes that I've made and use it to fuel uh, my progress, use it to help me become a better leader, a better person. Your past doesn't have to define who you are, but it certainly shapes who you are. And your mindset is going to be what determines whether or not you are a victim of your past or if you are going to use it to help you grow. And so I was driving with a good friend of mine from Durango to Uray to go swimming in the hot springs one uh, afternoon. And I was telling her my idea about this podcast. And she said, well, let's reflect forward. And I said, ah, that's perfect. And I went home and I bought the URL. I haven't done anything with the URL, but that is where reflect forward came from. So that's how this podcast came to be and, um, and how it has really evolved is all about this idea of reflecting, reflecting on our leadership, on how we're building our teams, building our companies. And it's just part of everything that I do. But how do you go about reflecting and doing it in a more meaningful way? Um, I think most people become reflective when something big happens. For example, they are surprised by something like, oh, I didn't see that business move coming. Let me reflect on why I missed that. Um, It might happen when you fail, right? Okay, I really screwed that up. I made some big mistakes. Um, how do I reflect on it so that I understand what happens so I don't make that same mistake? And a lot of times people reflect when they're frustrated about something. Why am I feeling so annoyed, so angry, so upset, so frustrated? Um, let me dig in and understand this. And those are all very powerful times to use reflection, but we also miss other opportunities when we don't have a big emotional response or reaction that causes us to pause and reflect. And so if you get into a habit of reflecting daily on what you do, how you respond to things, how you talk to people, the quality of your conversations, the quality of your relationships, you can create a much more intentional and powerful life. And so I've really been working on this. I use something that's really simple. I use an app um, on my phone that is called Gratitude. And, um, And I love it because it is super simple. Each morning I can write the things I'm grateful for. And then in the evening, it prompts you to reflect upon your day and what happened. And that is very good for generating those feelings of being grateful for the good things that you have in life, for the challenges that you've had, um, because you can learn so many things from it, you know, to not forget what's really important. 
2023, I want to do something that is different. I have been reading David Sedaris's book, Carnival of Snackeries. I love David Sedaris. The first book I read by him was Naked. And oh my God, it was so funny. I was like in my 20s and I was blown away by it. And I read everything he writes. And a car the Carnival of Snackery is really snippets of his journal entries starting back in like 2002, 2003. And it's absolutely brilliant, mostly because he's a brilliant writer and he's so funny and he notices things that most other people wouldn't notice. And he has crazy friends and crazy family. And so, you know, the stories are really interesting, but I really appreciated the reflection and being a writer who's about to publish her first book, I want to make sure that I have meaningful stories to share for my next book. And so I am committing to going back to journaling, but doing it in a very different way. Journaling my um, efforts to grow Stone Age from where we are now to a billion dollar company and be able to use that for writing my next book. And as I was thinking about making this podcast, I was like, oh, that's what this is, right? Reflecting is so important and you can do it in so many different ways and it can add value to you in the moment of, okay, I just reflect on this. I didn't like the way I handled it. Here's how I'm going to do this differently. Um, <clears throat> I was really surprised by what this person said. Why was I surprised? How can I anticipate it in the future? Those are all really important things for developing self-awareness and for um, being able to be a cool, calm, and collected leader when bad things happen or tough things happen. Um, but the real power comes when you can use those reflections to do something powerful. And that's why journaling can be such an incredible tool for processing things that are going in your life, but also being able to go back and look at it and see what you learned or potentially turn it into a book. So I'm really excited about uh, what this is going to look like. I am in the process of finding an online journaling tool so that I don't have to rewrite everything I write. Plus I have horrible handwriting and I don't think I could probably go back and read it. But um, every day I want to journal my reflections on the growth of the company, on the leadership mistakes I made, the way that the team developed and the ideas that they came up with and, and, and make sure that I can reflect on this journey because it's going to be a long journey. It's probably going to take me 10 years to, to get Stone Age to a billion dollar company, but the power of reflection is going to help me be able to tell that story when it's all said and done. And it will help me be able to understand what I did well and the mistakes that I made on the journey so that the next time something like that happens, I will better understand um, how to approach it. So that is the power of reflection. I hope that you consider really embracing reflection in 2023. Building a weekly or daily practice of reflection will really help you understand yourself better. So whether it's keeping a journal, whether it's reviewing the notes that you write down in meetings, um, you know, whether it's just sitting there and understanding how you're feeling about something, you can gain so much from it. So that's what I want to end this year with is a commitment 
to reflection and I will share my journey with you um, every now and then in one of these advice from a CEO podcast and let you know how it's going. Um, I'm going to have to build a practice and hopefully remember to do it every day because that's the hard part. But I do believe that through reflecting, you become a better leader through true courageous reflection. You can galvanize who you are as a person. You can develop stronger willpower. You can become what you want to be because you are being intentional and thoughtful about the choices that you're making, the decisions that you're making, and the actions you take. All right. That is what I have for you on reflection. Now on for my question of the week. So my question of the week comes from a manager who just hired somebody. Uh, not This is not person inside my company. Uh, somebody that I know outside of the company. And she hired somebody and it's just not working out. And she asked me, what do you do? What do you do when it's obvious that the new person you just hired is not going to be the right person? So there are several things that you can do. I mean, this is obviously a mistake that all leaders make, all managers make, and um, it's a good time for you to be able to reflect on what you're doing um, as a company to recruit and, um, and hire people, how you onboard them, and then how you work with them to be successful. So the first thing is um, look at your onboarding experience. That is so critical. Those first 30 days, first 60 days are so important to setting that person up for success. So how was that onboarding? Did you have a clear 30, 60, 90 day plan for them? Were you meeting with them regularly? Did you set clear expectations? Did they have everything that they needed to be successful? Did you give them an accountability buddy? Did you give them a culture buddy who could help them navigate the culture? That's so important, such a great, great way to help with onboarding. So when you can identify those gaps in your onboarding experience, you can um, make it better for the next time, but you can also say, okay, we need to course correct here. We need to go back. We, we didn't do this part of the onboarding process well. Let's start over and see if that helps. The next thing that you need to do is tell your boss. Never, ever, ever, ever hide that a person isn't working out. Be honest. And I get that it can be embarrassing. I remember I hired a VP of finance once and in four months I knew he was not the person. And I did not want to tell my board of directors because I thought they were going to be furious with me. Um, you know, really this brand new executive that you went through this extensive search failed. And I'm really glad that I told them because while they were disappointed and while they questioned me, you know, why I was struggling to find the right person to fill that spot, um, I had their support and I could ask their advice on how to better hire those types of executive positions. Well, you can do the same with your boss or your board, depending on where you sit in the organization, but talk about it. Communicate, 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 let people know. Then finally, work with the person. So you've let your boss know, you've evaluated the onboarding process. Now you need to talk to that person. You need to be vocal about your concerns. You need to make sure that all performance issues are documented and that you've done everything properly because if you do have to let that person go, you don't want it to be a surprise to them. So it's hard to tell a brand new employee, you know, hey, look, this really isn't working out that well. You want to give them a chance. You're hoping that you can see improvement, but the only way that they're going to improve is if you let them know. And if you do have to let them go, then 
at least they had an opportunity to course correct and they are not going to be blindsided by it. So use your review process to talk to the employee about the performance issues, to document them, to make sure that they understand that they know that this is an issue and that you expect them to course correct or is probably not going to work out. My best advice in having these conversations is always have the second conversation the first time. I love this. One of my coaches gave me this tool years ago. Um, and what that means is that you tell the employee what the consequences are if there is not a change in behavior or performance. So a lot of times you can just say, okay, this needs to be changed and let it go. And then when it's not changed and you have to bring that employee in and say, okay, well, the changes didn't happen. So now we're going to have to let you go. They're like, what? I didn't realize that that was the consequence. So have the second conversation the first time. So these are the performance issues. And if we have to talk about it Again, this is what's going to happen. You're going to go on a performance improvement plan. You could be terminated. X, Y, Z is going to happen. That way they really understand the consequences and you don't have to surprise them with a, oh, this is what I'm going to do when they might not be expecting that. And then you know, my other piece of advice is obviously hire slowly, fire quickly. And in this day and age, it's really hard to hire slowly. I mean, we all are hiring slowly because the talent pool is so small right now, but you still have to go through a vigorous process and not just hire somebody to hire them. But if it's not working out and you know it's not going to work out and you've done your part to help that person be successful, then don't drag it out, especially with a new employee. The longer you invest in that person, the longer it doesn't work out, the more it's just going to cost the company time and money. So, and cause you frustration and your team frustrations. So act decisively. It's a tough decision, I know, uh, but it's usually better to let those people go um, when not performing early on than it is to hang on to them. Okay. That is this episode of Reflect Forward, Advice from a CEO. I hope you enjoyed it, got all kinds of useful tips. I look forward to hosting you next week. It is my 100th episode. Also in 2023, we're going to have a new look for Reflect Forward. Cannot wait to reveal that. Be sure to stay tuned for all of that. We're going to have amazing, amazing guests, and you are going to seriously love my guest for the last week of the year, this 100th episode. She is magical, so make sure you don't miss it. All right. Right. With that, I will leave you to your day. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to it, write a review, go to my YouTube channel and subscribe to it, share with a friend. It helps with the algorithms. And I always appreciate you spreading the word. Thanks so much. Take care.